Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Marissa. How are you? I'm good. This has been um, a pretty rough week, so I'm glad it's Friday. Um, I had a colonoscopy earlier this week. (laughs) You told me about that. How, you yeah, feeling thir- all right? Thirty-two, and I had my second. I don't want to say how did it go. <laughs> um, I, good. No, I got a clean, clean bill of health, so I don't have to have another one for ten years. But right. um, it was uh, not fun. Sure. Um, except for the part where they put me under, because that medicine is just <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. Oh, it's nice. Little loopy. I got re- yeah, I got really loopy. They so the last time they did it, they put me under, and uh, she told me, um, you know, because they they do it through an IV, and she told me like they're gonna it's gonna burn a little bit in your arm, and I was like okay, you know, no problem. So she puts the uh, medicine in, and I felt it burning like all over my body and like in my chest and everything and I remember last time being like trying to ask her is this normal it's in my chest like what do I do and then I fell asleep (laughs) and so (laughs) this time before she put the medicine in I was like okay hold on I have a question (laughs) I was like because she said the same thing again it's gonna burn in my arm a little bit and I was like okay well hold on because last time it burned in my chest like is that normal and she was just kind of like um no oh and I was like okay and she's like I mean it's not a big deal but yeah most people it's just in the arm and I was like oh okay so she puts it in and I remember going like oh yeah I feel it in my throat it's in my head and then and then I went you're out and then I was out (laughs) yeah it's like total panic (laughs) exactly exactly I didn't really have time to panic but yeah and then I woke up in the uh recovery room and they gave me a coke and yeah. Wow. So not a fun procedure, but it's important. And, you know, just uh, want to say that if you're having any kind of problems, if you have the ability to go to the doctor and get it checked, like, go do it. Don't wait. Because, you know, my doctor told me five years ago um, that if I had waited until I was 50 to get my first colonoscopy, like, you're supposed to, or like most people do that I, you know, probably would have developed colon cancer by that point. So, yeah. So just, you know, (laughs) shout out to the docs out there for, (laughs) yeah, really. But, but seriously go, you know, go to the doctor. Um, so on that note, what, how, how's your (laughs) week been? (laughs) Yeah. Just really busy. Like you said, um, really glad that we're ending it on a high note with Uh, our, with our, like we do with this podcast, our, our, discussion of books, which has kind of gotten me to this uh, Friday afternoon. Um, But yeah, all in all, good. Got a lot of things accomplished, um, but really um, excited that the work week is over. Over. Yeah, because you had a really big project this week. I did, yes. And you got everything done for it. Everything got done. Awesome. Delivered a day early. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, well, what book are you recommending this week? So I had a lot of 
different options, but uh, I wanted to go with Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I'm on board with that. Yeah, that <laughs> is um, her newest release. It was came out in June of this year. Um, really good. I mean, honestly, I think everything that I have read by her so far has been really good. I've enjoyed almost everything. I know that there's a book or two, or main, mainly a one book that you didn't love. Yeah, I mean, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo wasn't yeah. my favorite favorite it's not that I didn't like it it's just that when I read it it was like I had read something recently that was very similar to it so that's I was right like, eh, you know it was yeah. okay and I really liked it like I liked the whole Holly old Hollywood vibe which in is seven husbands in seven husbands yeah. um but Malibu Rising um it's about four famous siblings right so the Riva siblings um and she she creates um a main he's not really a main character I wouldn't say but he is the uh patriarch if you want to even call him that of the family Mick Riva who in the story is a famous singer and he has a famous singer name <laughs> he really does Mick Riva Mick Riva um and so it really goes into these four siblings lives and their early childhood development and into their adulthood when they became celebrities. Um, it's just, it's it touches on a lot of uh, difficult family topics, abandonment and, you know, just overall having to grow up too fast and have a lot of um, responsibilities that kids aren't supposed to deal with. Yeah. Um, but uh, just a little bit more about it, you know, you have... Nina Riva, who's the oldest sister, and she ends up being a world-renowned surfer and supermodel. Um, Jay Riva is a champion surfer. Hud Riva is a renowned photographer who travels around with his brother. They happen to only be um, a few months apart. They're not twins, even though they were raised that way. So, right. Eyebrow raise. <laughs> um, and then Kit Riva, who is the youngest of the Riva siblings, who's a little more tomboyish. And um, and what's she famous for? She's also surfer. A surfer. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I like that they, they're not just famous because their dad was famous. Or, no, yes. you know, they're like, they're all famous in their own right. And obviously having a famous father helps to propel them to that status. Right. Because people are already looking at them. But um, I like that they all like have their own thing that they do yeah yeah and so it, it's um I think the story is kind of about I don't, it's not fully about new beginnings but it gets there yeah um and it, it does touch on the fire aspect of California and what that devastation can be uh, but also that I guess uh through the through the ashes you know you can emerge Right. Um, from that and it takes place in the 80s right it does I think um I think the date is 1983 which I okay, remember very specific I remember because that's the year my brother was born oh okay um, that makes sense so yeah so it's basically the premise is that there is a uh summer party that to, they throw every to year to end all summers every year the annual party the Riva party at the Riva mansion which is where um Nina and her husband Brandon live. Um, Brandon is a famous tennis athlete. Mm -hmm. 
um, all around nice guy is how he likes to, I think, explain himself <laughs> uh, or how the media likes to say, like, what a nice guy. Um, but is he? Yeah, that'll come into play. Yeah. Um, and it's really about the secrets that we keep from our family members. Um, I just love a good twisty family, yeah. like dysfunctional it family really saga. That. Uh, it really is that. And so I'm not giving too much away because it's in the synopsis um, of the book. But um, come midnight, things at the Riva party go south pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, so a lot of chaos ensues. Um, and by morning, the Riva mansion has burned to the ground. That's just a crazy premise. And like all of the things that happen in between are um, the, the story that we have. And it, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I really recommend it for um, anyone who hasn't read Taylor Jenkins read. Um, I don't know that I would say it's the first one I would read because there's just so many good ones. It's hard to say. Yeah. But it, it's different from the other ones that I've read. Um, but she just really creates full bodied characters like they're fully well-rounded oh yeah you know these people yes like they're they're part of your life when yes. you're reading this book so um and and she does it so it's crazy that it's like you you genuinely feel like you know these characters and you know these people and she did that with um daisy jones and the six like i thought this was a real band yes. that i was reading about yes and it's like I mean, like, I had to Google, like, was Daisy Jones and the Six actually a band? And, like, no, it's not. But it's written in such a way that you genuinely feel like it's a real band and real people. A hundred percent. It's so well done. It's so well done. And that book is fantastic. Um, honestly, a favorite of hers. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But um, Malibu Rising is narrated by Julia Whalen. Yes. Which, I mean, is she not just the best? She's the best. Yeah, Why she's she the literally. Best? So, okay. So I was thinking about this the last time I listened to a book by Julia Whalen, which was probably Malibu Rising. Almost every single audiobook that I listen to, which is a lot, the narrator will say something that is just slightly off. And I'm like, well, that's not how that character would have inflected that, you know. And But with Julia Whalen... It's 100% perfect every single I time. Know, and her voice is so <sighs> soothing. So I will say that I, um, I have a really close friend, and we all did a book club book together, and she was the narrator. And I just thought we were going to like go into this book club, and I was going to be like, well, what did you think of the narrator? Because like I love her, and I read. Right. Like She's the narrator of so many books. Don't tell me they hated her. She, Rochelle was the only one that said her voice aggravated <gasps> me. And I was like, wait wait, Julia, what, Julia Whalen's voice act? And she was like, no. I just, and I was like, did it get better over time? And she was just like, I mean, a little bit better over time, but I just felt it was flat in the beginning. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? She was doing, she was doing accents? She was, I was like, how is she <laughs> She flat? does it all. Yes. So that's the, well, obviously I haven't asked anyone, what do you think of Julia Whalen's <laughs> voice before? It was the only time that that has ever come up other than you and I talking about it. So I don't know why I'm like, it's the only time. <laughs> I Okay, but I actually have talked to people specifically about Julia okay. Whalen before. I actually talked about her on my episode of What Should I Read Next? Anne and I talked about Julia Whalen Love. and how great she is. She's so great. Because she's, she's my, I think she's probably, I mean, she, she narrates a ton of stuff. I mean, yeah, she's one of the most 
Yeah. Like, prolific. Right. So, so when I read a book, a lot of times it's, it's her. Julia Whalen. Um, but she's fantastic. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. And then I mentioned earlier another favorite is Caroline Lee, who's and Australian. I don't know. Uh, I mean, she's done, like, all the Kate Morton books. She's done all the Leanne Moriarty books. Okay. She's, I, she's, she's just so good. She's so <laughs> good. I mean, okay. My book this week is a little out there, literally, because I'm pretty sure it takes place on another planet. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, hold on. Let me out of this world. It's out of this world. Um, give me a sec. Okay. No, it takes place on earth. Sorry. <laughs> it's called A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Okay, I've not heard of this at all. That's an interesting name, though. So Becky Chambers, um, I first discovered her a few years ago through someone I follow on Instagram, and she has a series that's like a space travel series. Um, And yeah, it's sci-fi, but... um, to me, I, I mean, I don't want to go too much into this one because I'm I'm talking about <laughs> Song for the Wild. But I'm book. not talking about her her uh, her other series, but she writes um, she writes her characters so well. I mean, kind of like Taylor Jenkins Reid does. Like, I feel like I know these people, and even in um, even in her Wayfarer series, which is taking place on other planets and there's like aliens and things like that. They're, they're just so humanized to me. And that's how I feel about all of her characters. So a song for the wild built is the first in a a new series. It takes place on earth. Um, so we're not out in space, but it's still kind of sci-fi ish in that there was years ago, a (laughs) robot uprising. Okay. So, um, so the main character we follow is named Dev, and they actually go by they, them. It's not like a he, oh, she okay. kind of thing. Um, so basically we follow Dev, who is a tea monk. And, Which is? Right. So it's like, <laughs> what, what? That's not really a thing. But in, in this world it is. So a tea monk is someone who um, blends different teas together to heal whatever your ailment is. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So people will come to these tea monks and they'll be like, oh, I have no energy. I can't keep up with my kids. I'm exhausted from work. Da, 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 da. And the tea monk will be like, all right, based on your disposition and based on what you're telling me, let me blend these teas together for you. And then the carry. Yeah, kind of. So, um, Dev is a traveling tea monk. So they'll go around and, um, you know, do, do this in different places. And Dev is kind of going through a, a bit of a crisis. Like what is the point of life? What is the point? I'm, the best at what I do, why am I still not happy? Sure. I have everything I want in life, yeah. but I'm still not happy. So they decide to take this journey, and along the way, they run into a robot named Mosscap. It's actually like a lot longer um, name, but he, the robot goes by Mosscap. <laughs> and so um, basically years ago, there was a robot uprising. Like all these robots worked in factories, and then they became sentient, I guess, and just like – you know, we're like, oh, we're not doing this anymore. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, sticking it to the I, man that made us. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I don't know if there was like a war or what, but basically uh, humans and robots don't really get along 
together anymore. Um, so it's it's pretty uncommon for a human and a robot to like actually talk with each other and like interact with each other. They tend to kind of stay away. And uh, the robot meets Dev and is like, hey, I want to learn about humans. I can probably help you on your journey. Why don't we do this together? And Dev's like, oh, I, uh, but you're a robot. Like, I don't know about this. But then they end up doing it. And um, the book was described somewhere I saw as just a warm hug. And that's, yeah, that's really what it felt like because. What a nice description. I know. It's just the way that Becky Chambers writes her characters and she makes you feel comforted even though she's writing about these strange things that aren't real, it's like they're just so comforting in a way. And it's like these two characters are kind of helping each other figure out what's the purpose of life. And it sounds like uh, kind of grandiose, but it's not. It's it's so homey and down to earth. And um, you, can, you can tell when you're reading it that there's a larger purpose here. But it doesn't feel heavy-handed. It doesn't feel like she's, like, shoving, you know, yeah, shoving anything down your throat. Down your throat. Like, yeah. It just feels like you're reading a really great story, and you're you're being hugged by it. And at the same time, you're you're learning important life lessons. Sometimes that's really all I want. Yeah. A nice <laughs> hug. A good, a good <laughs> lesson. Yeah, just teach me a lesson. Um, but I put in my review, I said that my only complaint is that it's not longer. Because it's a really short book. I think the audio book was, like four four and a half hours okay. which is really short yeah, for an it's audio very book short. um the average length for an audio book is probably like eight hours or so so I was like I wanted more and there will be more because it's the first in a series but I want more now I understand that gosh when there's such a you connect with a book and then it's like a tv show I have to wait for the next <laughs> season to come out and exactly. it's not coming out for a year or two exactly and it's not like it you know, there's any big cliffhanger or anything like right. that. It's just like, I just want more Dev and Moss Cap. <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll spill the tea now. Let's spill it. What are we drinking today, Jamie? Today, we are drinking Winter White Earl Grey by Harney and Sons. First of all, I love the name. It is a nice name. Um... Uh, you know, again, we are not sponsored by Harney and Sons, <laughs> even though we keep drinking their teas. Maybe we should reach out and see if they'll if they'll sponsor us. I'm down for that. Um, so this is basically just, you know, Earl Grey is a black tea, but this is just a white tea that has bergamot in it, which is the main flavor in uh, Earl Grey. And um, I've, I've had this before. Okay. I knew that I loved it. I drink it pretty often. But I'm curious what you think of it. Yes. Yeah, so I really liked it when I initially um, took a whiff of it <laughs> before it was brewed. Um, it had a very earthy, herbal quality to it. I really like an Earl Grey as well. Um, but it's it's very good. Oh, okay. I was expecting you to say, I liked it at first, but now I don't. <laughs> no, I think it's really good. Um, it still has like a little bit of earthiness to it. like Right. But um, it's a little softer. It's a lighter yeah. tea. Right. So yeah, because Earl Grey can be kind of heavy sometimes. So I like yeah. that it's just a little. And sometimes there's like a slight bitterness at the end. Right. This doesn't have that bitterness mm-hmm. at the end. 
exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a fan. So so now we have to actually spill the tea. Not our actual tea, but uh, the books that we don't want to recommend. So yeah. what what can you not recommend this week? Um, it's called Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Okay. Um, she is the author of Mexican Gothic. Oh, okay. Okay, so I read Mexican Gothic last year around Halloween just because I wanted something a little spooky. Yeah. And after I read it, I loved it. So okay. I looked for other books by her, uh, and this was really the only other one that came up. And I, I listened to it as well. Um, and it was just not even near. And they're only a year apart, written a year apart. Really? Yeah, because I looked that up, too, to see, you know, was this written a long time ago? And it was written in 2019, and Mexican Gothic was written in 2020, um, or came out in 2020. But, I mean, the name of the book, it sounds like it's going to be the first in, like, a teenage, like, YA sci-fi fantasy series. So, it does have aspects of fantasy, for sure. Um, more along the lines of um, Mexican folklore, which sounded interesting. Hmm. Um, but basically, the general premise is about a Mayan god and a young woman who go on a life-or-death journey into the Mayan underworld. Okay. I'm not... I mean, I'm not intrigued by I it. I know. <laughs> it... it but but I have to say, I also didn't love Mexican Gothic. Really? Yeah. Okay, well then, so I really, really liked Mexican Gothic. I thought it was just okay. I mean, okay. it was good, but I was just kind of like, oh my God, like get out of the house. <laughs> like, come on. And it gets so gross. <laughs> it does get really gross. Like I, this one doesn't go into any of that. It was just... I was just like, is this going to end? And I just kept listening to it thinking, it's going to get better. And it didn't. And it never did. It never did. It just didn't feel right. Like, it, it just didn't um, have, like, all the aspects of it sound cool. Like, it has that Mexican folklore. It ha- It's in the jazz age. Okay. I'm, I can Time get into frame. that. <laughs> um, the main character's name is Cassiopeia Toon. Right. Um, Toon. Yeah, Toon is her last name. And it... Um, She's kind of like a 1920s Cinderella. All right. I so, mean, like, her family kind of abuses the situation. She, like, is essentially their maid. She finds these bones in a box, and when she puts one of them near the other one, the god is reanimated and basically has her help him on this journey. Um, the characters just weren't really um well-rounded they fell flat it dragged so i for those reasons i cannot uh, recommend it i recommend mexican gothic by the same author but um <laughs> I, w- I would not recommend this book well i i'm not gonna lie based on your description i i probably wouldn't read it but please, please don't <laughs> do yourself a favor and don't <laughs> sold <laughs> well my book that i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna spill my tea onto the book so that no <laughs> one can read it. <laughs> um my book that i'm not recommending is the whispering house by elizabeth brooks and it's funny because i kind of liken this in a way to 
Mexican Gothic because it's like she's stuck in this house and um, but uh, like I saw people compared to Mexican Gothic okay. so I guess I should have known before <laughs> reading it like maybe this isn't the book for me but it was a modern Mrs. Darcy book club pick so I try to read all of those but I, d- I ended up not finishing this one and I was going to finish it I was going to power through and then I was texting my friend Carrie and I was like oh, this book is just so boring. And she was like, I give you permission to not finish. And I was like, thank you. So I immediately was like, all right, I'm done. Um, but basically this this girl's sister has disappeared in this town. It's British. And so um, she's disappeared in this town. It's like she fell off a cliff or something. And uh, so she didn't disappear. Sorry, she died in the town. She fell off a cliff. Um <laughs> No big deal, just right <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> and um, the girl decides to, like, go to the town and try to figure out what happened, I guess. And or she's she goes to this house for a wedding, like her cousin's wedding, and she goes in the house, even though they're not supposed to go in the house, and she sees a painting of her sister in this okay. house. Like an old-time painting? Okay, so you say old-time. Here's Here's the thing. This book sounds like it would take place, like, in the early 1900s or the 1800s okay. or something. No, no. Oh. It's present day. And that's that was a really weird but aspect But the whole time you're thinking it's... It has, like, the vibe of being older. But you knew that it was present day Yeah, the because they talk about, like, cell phones and text oh. messaging and things like that. Got it. And so, to me, the, it didn't fit, you know? It didn't it, fit the time period? Yeah, it felt okay. so off. Just like and disconnected. Yeah, exactly. It felt very disconnected. And so she knows like, okay, something weird's going on at this house because they have a painting of my sister. And yet she goes back to the house. The guy that lives there with his mother, who's like ill, invites her. It's to, always an ill mother yeah, living with a son, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like he invites this girl to the main character to stay with him in the house and she's just like sure yeah and then like immediately falls in love with him of course and, i mean it's just and and by the way the painting of her sister has disappeared mm. where did it go i don't know and i mean do you care that's the thing right. i didn't care yeah and also the way that they their dialogue i was just like nobody talks like this again felt like it was from the 1800s so it was super disconnected for me and I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. And then Carrie gave me permission not to. So thank you, Carrie. Yes. Thank you, Carrie. But anyway, so what's, uh, what's keeping you sane right now? Well, I, I would have to say this podcast. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) This week I, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, it was it was a rough week uh, with a lot going on, and it was one of the things when I paused and got myself together in preparation for today. Um, it calmed me. It was something exciting to look forward to. Uh, you know, I got to delve back into a good book that I really liked and and kind of get reacquainted with it um, to have a discussion with you about it today. And so that Aww. that really. Um, yeah, it really kept me in the moment and saying when I needed it the most. Well, then that's mine too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my thing that's keeping me sane is 
actually something that's really ridiculous because I like to go for the very small ridiculous things and you're always like mine's a prayer mine's a this and I'm like (laughs) mine's Marvel movies but (laughs) um okay I I tend to I like to play games on my phone while I listen to books or while I'm like watching movies or something like if I'm only doing one thing, I feel like it's just not enough for my brain. I need more. Like, I need more input. Yes. So um, I'm usually doing, like, multiple things at once. And I tend to find a game that I'll play for a while. Like, for a while, it was two dots. And then um, I, I can't even think of the names of them. But I'll get, like, addicted to a game. And then I'll get bored of it and move on to something else. So I am now addicted to a game called Eggs, Inc., and it's so ridiculous. It's like, uh, it's one of those idle games where it's like you just, um, I mean, it's idle. So you don't really have to think about it. But it's like you're tapping and like building, <laughs> like you, you tap and you're building a coffee shop and you, and the more you tap, the more money you make. And then you can buy more baristas and that's a different game called idle coffee. But this one, <laughs> in, sorry, in eggs, Inc., um, the tea is making me all caffeinated. <laughs> Um, in eggs, Inc., you like have a, an egg farm and your, your chicken, your chickens are like laying eggs and making more chickens and then you're making more money and then you're, I don't know. It's really weird. There's rockets. The look on your face right now is just (laughs) that I'm insane and I get it, but I don't, I can't say that I've never tried it. So I, you know, you can't knock it till you try it. I guess I'm not a big, uh, you're not much of a gamer. Not at and all. I do, not I even love, a little. I love gaming. I don't do it often other than these small ones on my phone these days. Because um, if I did, like if I still played PlayStation games and stuff, then I wouldn't sleep ever. So <laughs> so I just have to stick to the small iPhone games. But um, I'm really loving this one. And it's really like it gives me something to look forward to. Like during the workday, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go like grow my <laughs> egg farm. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, you know uh, it's you're weird creating but. your own separate universes I think, <laughs> I think sure that's- <laughs> I, I mean like in the game I, I don't know why but there's rocket ships and you fuel your rocket ship with in the egg game yes I know it's weird okay I, there's different levels of eggs. You start out with just an edible egg, and uh-huh. then you move on. <laughs> I'm not judging you. You move on to a superfood egg, and then you move on to, like, a rocket fuel egg, and there's fusion eggs and just different. See, I feel like you would be really good with coming up with an interesting game. Um, <laughs> I, I just prefer to play them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a very strange game. It doesn't make any sense, but it it's like the genre is quite all over the place. It really is. It doesn't know what it wants to be, but I'm <laughs> I'm happy with it. Eggs and chickens and rocket ships. Yep. Oh my. Exactly. I'm into it though. <laughs> and it is keeping me sane. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Thank you for um for saying that this podcast is keeping you sane because that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, Definitely makes me happy. (laughs) Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers. Cheers.